Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales, and fresh off their 10th win of the season are the Toronto Raptors, uh, and I am joined by my co-host, Dre, and our producer, Jason. Guys, how's it going? What's up, man? Frig, it's nice to be back with all three of us together, finally. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, a things while. are looking pretty good with the Raptors, so I'm excited. Yeah, man. You know, just as a reminder, I mean, this is... A, a Raptors podcast that's for Raptors fans by Raptors fans. Uh, we are excited not only because the, the Raptors just pulled out a 113-97 victory, but it's also uh, the third quickest uh, route to 10 wins in franchise history. Uh, last year, the, the Raptors did it in 11 games. A few years ago, they did it in 12 games. Uh, this was done in 14 games. And that reminder, without Lowry, without Ibaka, mm-hmm. uh, guys, what would you think of the game? See, this is why I like having you on, man, because you you always come with the stats, man. Like, I had no <laughs> idea. Which It's quite impressive. Let's get put back to the Raptors. It's also quite impressive how the Raptors are doing that. But it's also impressive that Jay can just pull out these numbers out of his ass. But yeah, man, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like it's it, this, we're in a good we're in a good role right now. And again, like you said, Kyle's out, uh, Abaka's out, McCaw's out. And granted, Orlando didn't have two of their best players as well. But I mean, it's it was the bench that killed it for us, right? Per Josh Lewenberg, fifty-seven points, eighteen rebounds, twelve assists, twenty-two of thirty-nine field goals from three undrafted players: Van Vliet, Jeez. Davis, and Boucher. So it's it's just kind of crazy when you think about like the team that. Is assembled in the beginning of the season. You know, we kind of remembered like how how much of the bench is going to show up. Um, there's there's too much minutes going around with the starters, but now you see it. Like Fred Van Vliet is a, a clearly a good leader, and our bench is crazy. So it's it's feel good all around, man. We're looking at 20 minutes with Boucher, who got a double double. So I mean, that alone is fantastic. Terrence Davis, 27 minutes, close to a double double. Uh, two rebounds shy of reaching 10. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I mean, everybody is on this guy. And I mean, the six-point game is a little bit quiet for him. But that's a good sign for a, for a guy coming off your bench mm-hmm. who is like the third or fourth best option coming off of your bench. Like, that, that is a huge sign as to what is happening with the Toronto Raptors right now. who are missing... Very high key assets in Lowry as a starter, Ibaka as the sixth man, McCaw as the rising bench star that we had. You know, these are key elements in all three of the different departments. You know, the mains, the backups, the backups of the backups. But guess what? You could toss in Norman Powell, who had a a much better game than he's had in some of the other recent games. Uh, I guess the Magic. Nice 15 points over there. Um, Van Vliet, he's just proving. I don't remember which of you said Van Vliet for uh, who you were most excited for, but whoever it was, you you or both of you were spot on. The guy has been proving again and again and again why he's an elite shooter. I mean, leading the point, leading the team in scoring once again. I mean. He's he's been phenomenal. Like I don't. I'm just looking at the stat sheet, and then you know you hop over to to the magic, and it's like it, it's it's a little bit more of 
you know, a game led by specific people, you know, excluding mm-hmm. the, the unfortunate injuries that have happened. But you look at the Raptors and it's like, this is a team. This is all spread across the board. This just looks nice, you know? Yeah, man. I, I like how you brought up Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, too, because like you said, six points isn't indicative of the impact he had on the floor. And I want to say it's kind of the same as Marcus Saul, too. He had like, you know, six, five and five with points, assists and rebounds. But what the stats don't show is how much they affected the game. So for Rondé, mm-hmm. he has so much effort that he puts into his defense and his rebounding, second chance points, and just everything that he does uh, that's not on just just the stats or just the points. Like he he just inserts so much energy. And for Marcus Saul, a lot of people and my, myself included have been kind of down on him lately, mainly because like you know he hasn't been shooting. He's been very hesitant. He he kind of just looks gas, and you know we can point a lot towards about his summer play and and he you know he, he's probably still drunk from the from the parade. You know whatever it is, <laughs> but Marcus does a lot of things. Um, the the facilitating the uh the being the conductor almost on defense and making everybody else. Us uh, knowing how to play with the certain players, like that's that's such a huge contribution that uh, smart players give. They there there is a lot of skill, of course, but you have to know who you're playing with. Like any job, really, if you have to you have to know how to play and work with others. And Marcus All really really knows how to do that. And I feel like someone like Norman Powell really. Um, is affected by someone like Marcus Saul. He he just knows where to place the ball to to Norm, especially so he can get those driving layups. So those two, Rodney Hollis Jefferson, Marcus Saul, stats aren't going to show it, but I think those two really really affected the game tonight. And I think the the way that you describe Marcus Saul, really, you could have just thrown in Kyle Lowry and and get the exact same description. Oh, yeah. Marcus Saul is just a bigger version of him, right? Where it's like the the stats don't really dictate his sorry dictate his impact on the game. Um, I, I, Dre brought up uh, Boucher and his double-double. I mean, throw in the fact that he also had in, uh, of those 11 rebounds, six of them were offensive, which is great. I mean, we, we talked about this before the season, and the one one big knock on him is that he's just not big enough, right? He's just tall and lanky, and, you know, it's going to be hard for him to bang with the big boys, but there he was, you know, fighting it out with Isaac, fighting it out with the one dude, uh, and, and getting offensive boards for us. Uh, I've, I've almost got grown accustomed to seeing rhj leading the team in offensive boards it was an, it was a pleasant surprise to see boucher mm-hmm. you know really fighting for it out there um and what you guys were mentioning in terms of the, the the impact of our bench players so take a look at that final score the raptors won by 16 points however none of the starters had a plus minus of double digits all three bench guys did and by a lot mm. terrence davis plus 22 RHJ plus 21, Chris Boucher plus 22. They're the ones who really propelled this team uh, into a very comfortable lead and, you know, a fourth quarter where they could pretty much coast to the end. So um, very, very big contributions. Uh, I believe, Jason, you you tweeted out something about this being, uh, you know, our our bench mob, you know, kind of coming through there. Mm -hmm. And it's really... um, I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to say, but it's like I'm excited for when we're at full strength because then we could very much be looking at bench mob 2.0. Well, there's a few times in like the third quarter where there was not so much energy that was in the building uh, at the moment. Like Siakam was actually being guarded very well by Jonathan Isaac. Like uh, he did get his 18 points and 11 rebounds, but like those are really really hard 18 points. And then you know Fred VanVleet uh, with with his 
pounding the basketball and Norman Powell sometimes he's he's going to go up for those layups and miss but there when when needed you throw in that bench mob uh, I'm going to use it right again because I honestly do believe like that bench mob is back with RHJ Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis Terrence Davis oh man can we just can we just stop and and admire Terrence Davis for a second this guy he's not a rookie you know like he's I'm pretty sure what was it three years or four years on Ole Miss undrafted yeah. and he comes in with so much um he comes in with so much confidence in his play his shot his his dribbling like he's not a, a pure point guard but Nick Nurse wants him to be he wants him to get those runs uh to be that backup point guard for us and he's doing so well and coming in when he first came in to the second or in, in beginning of the first quarter end of the first quarter he comes in for two minutes and he scores eight points like it's, it's incredible and when you have that tandem when rsj and terrence davis comes in you can hear it from the crowd and jack armstrong was saying it a lot in, in the program he was like toronto really really loves the um lunch pail guys the the blue collar guys and rsj and terrence davis are those guys like they just work hard they don't they're not the fastest they're not the, they're not you know they jump the highest they don't have the most skill but what what i as i used to i used to coach basketball and i would always say that you know what you can have a lot of skill but i would always take the person with the most hustle and the most heart right and these guys have so much hustle so much heart when you when, when they step on the floor they just put it all out there and that bench mob terrence terrence davis rhj chris boucher i'd watch them every single that's that's a price of admission right there well, it's like a, like a junkyard dog, which is one of the most, oddly enough, iconic Raptors of all time. It's one, somebody that everybody loved watching in like the, the early t- 2000s. It's like this guy who was just all grit and grind. And I think that's because that's what Toronto's always been since the very beginning. We've been having to go up against the waterfall. Right. So to see that being embodied in our players, and I think a lot of, pe- a lot of this is a transitional effect from what happened with somebody like Vince Carter, let's say, who got big enough and said, you know what, I, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this hustle anymore. I, I want not the easier path, but, you know, a different path. And to see people who want to be here and, you know, fight to not just be here, but to make us worthy of being where we are in the league, it looks great. And we're used to it as Torontonians to that's why we love the idea of a bench mob. You know, people every every fan of the NBA wants a deep bench, but not many people want the bench to almost supersede the starters when mm-hmm. they're needed. Torontonians are used to that kind of thing, and you know, I would I don't even know if it's a supposed bench mob anymore because a lot of the people who are starting were going to be on the bench anyway. Like you're looking at a Norman Powell who was supposed to be on the bench. So once everybody is healthy. This bench mob is going to be so deep, so crazy. You could throw in anybody at any time, sans two players, two or three players, and we're going to be ruthless. So to anybody who's kind of counting us out, we're doing what we're doing with a good chunk of our bench playing at all times. Starting or being like the first reserves, people who usually wouldn't even be played at all. We're looking great. Yeah, I think I think what adds what helps out is that uh, you know I think that the starters like Pascal and Lowry and and Gasol I think they are and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like 
those are the ones that the 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 people in the lower bowl will cheer for, and the mm-hmm. bench guys are the ones that the mm-hmm. upper bowl I like are going to cheer for. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah, that's those are like those are like our people, you know. Uh, they they to, to to your point, Jason, and you're right. Uh, I, I believe it was Matt Devlin who mentioned it that you know. Oh, sorry, Jack Armstrong who mentioned it that. Yeah, they're exactly those you know blue collar guys who will. Their effort is what will win over the fans, and that's what we're seeing with this bench right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question to you guys is this: is that I, I missed the first quarter, admittedly. When each of those guys entered, when Terrence Davis, Boucher, RHA, I don't know if they entered at the same time or whatever, who got the loudest ovation? Like, who oh. do you think is right now? I guess right now the the fan favorite. I'd say I'd say Boucher. The thing is, Terrence Davis and RHJ came at the same time. They had a huge, they had a really uh, loud ovation. But when it comes to Raptors fanatics, they, I think they uh, look towards Boucher because one, he was here last year. And, and two, he's done the whole uh, G League uh, mm-hmm. route, right? Like he's done the whole Siakam route, if you really think about it. He's become the MVP, he's a champion, he's a champion in G League, champion in the, in the NBA, and and a lot of people were rooting for him in the beginning, and uh, I feel like the true Raptor fanatics, and I, I'm obviously going to point out Blake Murphy, who's all over the G League, um, when the Raptors 9-5, was gushing over Boucher, someone like Boucher, and you know now we're watching him, and Granted, we don't want anybody to be injured, but when you have uh, the opportunity to come in and kind of show, uh, you know, what you're worth and that you do belong here. I don't know if you guys were watching the, uh, have watched the, I think it was the T, I think it was a Sportsnet uh, special uh, with uh, for Chris Boucher and how he brought uh, got into the NBA with his two way uh, to go and state and then go into the G League. And being undrafted too, he was upset. And when he was like, you know what, I'm going to go through the G League. And each time he stepped into the court on the G League, he was like, I'm just going to prove to everybody that I don't belong here. I belong in the big league. And he's showing it right now. I honestly don't know. Once Kyle and Abaka get back, I want to see more Boucher. I want to make sure that he's on the court, uh, albeit the the second unit, of course. But I, you got to give this guy 20, 20 minutes a game. Like his his um, defense, his blocking, his rebounding, his effort, his threes too. Like this guy can ball, man. So I'd say I'd say uh, Chris Boucher for me. But that's why you know somebody like Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach because no disrespect, a Dwayne Casey would move on once the key players were back. I feel like a Nick Nurse would be like, you know what? This game doesn't feel like a Boucher game, but the next game, that feels like a Boucher game. And you never know, True. he's going to toss him in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you kind of saw that with Matt Thomas today, right? I don't think it was a good game for Matt Thomas, especially because of the length uh, and speed that the Magic do have. So you're not going to throw out Matt Thomas. But any other game, I mean, Atlanta next game on Saturday, they might be a little bit smaller, so maybe you can throw in some more Matt Thomas. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like... You're right. Nick Nurse is definitely like uh, they. He feels the game out a little bit and sees where it's at. He knows his starters, um, but he has to throw in certain matchups and chess pieces, like they say uh, on the broadcast. And yeah, Nick Nurse. I hope that he's going to give more time for Boucher when the starters do come back. And also, it also gives some time for you know Casal to get some rest. And when, whenever Ibaka does come back, and again, there still isn't any timetable on this, but when Ibaka does come back. 
you know, he'll probably get eased in. He's not going to go jump straight into 30 minutes off the bench. So Bushi is going to has a nice little cushion here to work with to continue to show his worth and uh, yeah, continue to show his value for this mm-hmm. team. Yeah, we got some we got some good matchups coming up too. So like again, we we started we stated already. Uh, Saturday face of the Hawks. Uh, Monday we we got a good matchup against the 76ers, and then we're going against the Knicks, and then the Magic again next Friday. So we got some good uh, games uh, ahead of us. I think the one that's most compelling, honestly, is the 76ers. And I know Dre, you're probably more excited about that. I was watching some highlights, and of course, you see Ben Simmons hitting his first three pointers of his giant career. And it's just funny because I saw all these tweets, and you see like Trey Young. Uh, or you know Steph Curry or James Harden three point percentage they're all the 40 percent range or something. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons uh, three point percentage one hundred percent. So that game is well, going to be pretty interesting. And those things, dude. The, that that Sixers game too. Like so, six of the next eight games are at home, and that Sixers game is also at home, right? So we have the benefit of you know the, the home crowd pushing us on. We already know what was the last time the Sixers were in Scotiabank Arena, mm-hmm. so. I'm sure they'll be a little bit uh, suffering from PTSD there. Uh, and then those two, those two road games I mentioned, they're they're fairly winnable games. So I think that the schedule is is very kind to the Raptors now that we've survived that West Coast road trip. And uh, you know, by the time the games kind of pick up again and get difficult again in, in mid December, um, ideally we've got Lowry and Ibaka back. At the very least, Lowry will be back. So yeah, mm-hmm. things are looking good for them. Now is a very good time to be excited about the Raptors. Piggybacking off that, I I think it's been the two-week mark now. So Kyle is going to be reevaluated, I believe, this Friday. Reevaluated okay. means I'm not too sure he's going to come back yet. We don't know where he's at. Um, if you see, if let's say Kyle Lowry, give him another week or so, do you think they're going to go back to the two-man Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet uh, game? Or do you think that this might be the time where Fred Van Vliet takes over while Kyle Lowry comes off the bench? Oof. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I could see Lowry coming off the bench. Uh, no. I, I think that you know what, the way we saw at the beginning of the season with the two of them starting, uh, if anything that's going to be reinforced even more. Because I think when we started the season, there was a bit of a debate on whether it should be Fred or Norm coming off the bench. Um, And, you know, uh, Nick Nurse made that decision that, okay, it's going to be the two point guards. But the worry was, okay, well, who's going to really help us off the bench? That's what this this last couple of weeks has been. It's been to, if if anything, reinforce that idea that, you know, those two can start and we have a solid bench now, right? We've got, we can trust Terrence Davis to be the first, guard off the bench and carry it and be the playmaker so uh, yeah i'm uh, i'm pretty sure that's i mean that's where, what i would guess the direction yeah going. yeah i'm gonna say the same thing like even if lowry isn't putting up the amount of points or assists that we're expecting from him a lot of his worth is incalculable by stats so like the way he opens up the floor the way that he basically yeah, the floor feels more open when he's around, and you see that in somebody like Gasol. So why wouldn't you have that kind of tent uh, twofold with a Lowry on the court as well? Plus, guess what? You've got a Van Vliet who's going to be taking his position in terms of points and assists. But bam, you know, you've got somebody like Pascal Siakam who's now got so much space that he's running through people like it's a marathon. Like it's 
yeah, I, I don't think the guy is going to be coming off the bench. He might have reduced roles, mm-hmm. but his worth, as we've seen and we've discussed in the pod, is it, it's too much. You, you can't find that in a lot of players, the ability to open up the floor and just create, like, for crying out loud, the guy had a, an incredible plus minus in a playoff game where he scored zero. That's that's Kyle Lowry. He's <laughs> he's got he's got that je ne sais quoi, which a lot of players don't really have. Absolutely, and and this is why I'm glad I'm not Nick Nurse, honestly, because he has such a good problem. You would say if you insert Kyle Lowry, and again, not gonna wait, we don't know when Kyle Lowry is gonna come back. We just know that he's gonna be reevaluated on Friday. But if he does come back, where are you gonna put Terrence Davis? Where are you going to put Fran Vliet? Where are you going to like you 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 wanted to see where the bench is at, and the bench has definitely showed you that they're capable of playing now, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do now, Nick? I, I I'm I'm this is why I'm not. We're not being paid. <laughs> we're just fans. We're watching. I I am very intrigued of what Nick is going to do. Um, but you got to you you know I feel like if Nick is all about that theory of you know show me that you want to play, show me that you can earn these minutes. And Boucher, RHJ, Terrence Davis, they earn the right to play. So I'm not saying, you know, take away uh, minutes from Kyle. I'm not saying that at all. Kyle is going to, is our, most of the time, our number one or number two option. But, you know, you, you kind of have to stick by your word, you know. And I'm, I'm very intrigued about what Nick Nurse is going to do with our bench. Yeah, and and I guess to to wrap up this this segment on, on the bench, uh, you know, assuming that, we're we're going to be healthy by by let's say mid December, fully healthy squad. Who's the first guy off the bench? And assuming that the starters are the same starters from the opening day, right? So Lowry, Van Vliet, Anunoby, Siakam, and Gasol. Who's the first guy off the bench? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that's it's a very good problem that we can't decide yeah. right away. That's, I've got that's a possible just the reaction answer. I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a possible answer, but Jace, do you want to take this one first? Uh, if everybody was healthy, I'd. <sighs> Ibaka was playing so well before he was he, was, he, he was. got injured. So not you know again if if I'm going if you're gonna ask me to choose between Ibaka and Boucher, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Ibaka right. I'm gonna put Ibaka okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I don't want to see Boucher. It doesn't mean that I don't want to see Terrence. These guys have been killing yeah, it. Yeah, just who's first, right? I'll, I'll be, the, the, again, the the schedule has kind of been, is going to be, uh, you know, kind of kind to us. But even when we, you know, face the Lakers, it, the, it was the bench that kind of helped us uh, get over the hump. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Dre, what do you think? Well, I'm only going to agree with Abaka first because... Nick Nurse obviously loves pairing Gasol and Ibaka or swapping Gasol with Ibaka very frequently. So that's a given. But if we're excluding Ibaka, oh, I mean, deep down, I, I want to say Boucher, but I also have a feeling that that Rondé Hollis Jefferson could as well because both players mm-hmm. are so surrounded by cloud currently they're they're like their fan favorites they're emerging from the depths Boucher has more than proven himself beyond belief and uh Ronnie Hollis Jefferson I feel like is on that incline so I feel like depending on the circumstance it could be one of those two players um you know excluding Ibaka of course but that's that's only because he's replacing Gasol if we had like okay not to like be too dramatic, but like an Atentacupo or an Abid in, in the center position, it'd be a bit different. But but Gasol's, you know, he's a bit older, he plays a bit differently. 
he thrives on being swapped out a lot because he has a he plays with unpredictability. And then once the opponent, the opposing defense is trying to figure it all, all out, wham, you throw in Serge Ibaka, who flat out tells you what he's going to do because he doesn't even care, and throws it all down. So obviously that's not going to change once Ibaka is, is, is healthy again because I feel like, especially in the playoff run, that was a huge wrench that kept getting tossed in our opponent's plans was, okay, how do we deal with the, the goofiness and the unpredictability of Gasol and then the sternness of Ibaka, or both at the same time. Yeah, I, 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 I can't help but think back to a couple of weeks ago when Lowry first got injured, Ibaka first got injured. Remember we talked about, oh, what are the Raptors going to do? Do you think they should sign Jamal Crawford? And now <laughs> our answer is, oh my gosh, we have too many bench guys. So it, it's really a testament to the way this roster has been made and a testament to how Nick Nurse has coached the team that this is now a the bench is too good now uh, that problem and and to answer the question uh, I actually side with both of you here in terms of uh, I would actually go Ibaka for several of the reasons you guys already pointed out one being that you know Casal being probably the oldest one there he's probably the first one who sits out um, and then Dre you were mentioning about pairing um, the Lowry Ibaka pairing is still it still works wonders so mm-hmm. uh, that's another reason why I would I would probably pick Ibaka. The only other person I would consider actually would be Terrence Davis. Uh, I see him as okay. like the next coming of like uh, a Lou Williams for us, where he's like, mm. you know, you Ooh. guys were mentioning it. Uh, Jay, you mentioned it earlier, right? Like, what was it eight points in the first couple minutes? Like, he's he's got that spark, right? Yeah. So um, I could see either of them being the first. Obviously, probably be, but I, I, if I had to pick one, it'd be Ibaka. Well, I, I just think about it, right? You have you start with the starting lineup of Kyle and Fred VanVleet. Uh, going in there for the next for the first you know eight minutes or ten minutes, and then you sub out Lowry, you keep Fred VanVleet out there, and then you put in Terrence Davis, and you have that dual tandem right there, and then you take out Terrence Davis and Fred VanVleet and keep Kyle with the with the bench, and Kyle with the bench is, has always historically have been really good, so I could see that happening a lot. Um, but yeah, man, that's a good question. All right, so that was a lot of Raptors talk. I'm glad we got the we got to get through that. Our next game is going to be um, on Saturday, I believe, yes, against the in Hawks. Atlanta. We get to get we get to see um, not the last VC. time, but we get to see VC uh, one of the last times. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk. We'll talk some uh, ring ringing things, as Dre would like to put. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys soon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I'd like to order those, but Amazon is all out. Uh, somebody else wait beat me for to Black it. Friday, man. <laughs> well, somebody else everybody. didn't, so they're not even stocked up on whatever <laughs> this is for Black Friday. So I can't. Oh, if speaking, I wait. Speaking of which, do Black, does Black Friday work on hotels too? Because my wife and I are going to New York in April. I don't huh. think it would, because what is like? Uh, wait, where are you going again? Going, I'm going to New York. So, so knock okay. on wood. This is the plan, okay? Knock on wood. We make the playoffs, and we're facing Brooklyn in the first round. If ah. we do, I'm totally going to a game. 
I'm just saying. Ah. Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Looking- well, Let's be honest, they're not going to make the playoffs the Nets because I mean, look at them right now. Yeah, so. yeah they're not looking <laughs> the greatest. All right, well, we're going to go for that second championship, of course, in April. Um, but talking about championships, we got some interesting debates going on online about our championship rings. So in the beginning of the year, we heard of rumors that Kyle Lowry, he was the one who had a, the biggest input on the rings, right? So he wanted the Chevron, he wanted the uh, ACC, they wanted like he he had a lot of input on the outlook of the ring. He there was also some rumors of him finding out JV's ring size. I don't know how how true that is, but it was a a feel good story because you know out of all the players that would all the ex players that would have gotten the ring would have been JV, DeLon Wright, and CJ Miles. Recently, we've heard that Bobby Wester came out and said, you know what, we're not going to, I'm paraphrasing, we're not going to give um, those players or anyone else the the rings because they weren't on the roster. To come to think about it, it's kind of true. I don't remember a time besides, I think it was Golden State who gave Verizhao the yes. uh, ring, I think. Then yes. outside of that, I don't remember anybody else, any X player. I think even I maybe Delavadova, maybe. But uh, I don't know about him. But for sure, the only one I'm aware of is Verizhao. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So besides that, I honestly and, and again, listeners, correct us if we're wrong, but I don't remember a time. I'm not gonna go out there and say that these guys don't deserve it. If anybody deserves it, I do feel like JV deserves it. 100%. He's been there. He started uh, as a Raptor when he was like 17 or 18 years old. It stayed in Lithuania, but then came. And he poured his heart and soul into the Raptors organization. He never wanted to be traded, but now he's a Memphis Grizzly. And now he now we get word that he doesn't get it. At first, um, I, was, I was like, it's kind of a bad look. Like it could have been, I feel like, and I want to get your input, guys. I, um, it would have been nice to give these guys the choice of having the ring or not. Now, if they got the ring, let's be real. That's not your team anymore, right? Like you didn't play that, those playoffs at all. And if you got the ring, you got this Raptors ring. What are you going to tell your kids? Yeah, this is the time. This is the team that won a ring without me. Is it's just going to be in the you know lock safe like you know great a hundred thousand dollar ring that's phenomenal I would love a hundred thousand dollar ring of course right but these guys don't need to throw it on eBay to get a hundred thousand dollars back so I just feel like even if they got the ring what are they going to do with it right so I don't know we're not we're not players we're not professional players we never won a championship except for rooting for our team but what do you guys think how do you guys feel about particularly JV uh, not getting or our X Raptors not getting a championship ring. It's, it's interesting. I don't remember who brought it up. It was like one of these thousand articles uh, surrounding the situation, obviously because uh, in Toronto was pressing news when we received it. Um, It's not so much the fact that JV's not just getting a ring. It's almost as if you could read it as, you're not getting a ring, not because you didn't help us to get here, but because we're devaluing you as somebody who would have made us lose if you were on the team. That's how it could be read. And once I, I heard about it from that perspective, I mean, that to me personally makes the situation a little bit worse because if you think about it, that's essentially what the trade represented. We want to go further. How are we going to go about that? We're going to get rid of some of these guys. 
And it, it's, it's, it's true because it's not just about the legacy of how we got here. It's who we traded onto the team by giving a player away. We couldn't just trade a scrub for Marcus Gasol. We had to trade somebody of some sort of value and worth. So we had a Valanchunas plus, you know, additional pieces. But, you know, everything is built up from something. Because if not, you kind of just dissolve into free agency and never get signed again. So obviously there was some sort of a worth for us to get a key player like Gasol onto the team. Obviously to get to where we were... With the system that we had, we needed a grit and grind player like a Valanchunas. And, you know, even somebody who's a role player like a CJ Miles, who wasn't playing that well, but helped facilitate the system that we were currently utilizing, or DeLon Wright, who represented the the future of the franchise along with other players that we were kind of opening the door for, who allowed somebody like a Pascal Siakam to come through and shine. All of these players, to some degree, were were impactful on the end result of where we of where we went. So hmm. it's it's just tricky because you know everybody brings up Navbedia, the super fan, or you know the janitor, or Drake getting rings. And yeah, I mean, I understand why they get rings, but it also makes sense that they almost sound like they're giving some of them away. So if that's the case, and this is Toronto, let's be honest, it might be a very long time since we get another championship. And this is Toronto. We represent an entire country, an entire civilization of people who aren't represented by the rest of the league. Or, you know, this is Toronto, a team that has been permanently looked down upon, the underdog, everything wouldn't it make sense to like really relish in this moment and kind of give it to these kinds of players who may never see the light of day again? I mean, yeah. you're not going to win with the Grizzlies anytime soon or God forbid the wizards, you know, I, I think they should have given it. I'm sorry. I, I think before, before I, I let you, you have a J, I just want to say like, I, there, there are two, there are two ways. I, I feel like I understand where, where they're not going to give it to them because like honestly speaking what are they going to do with it but on the fan side point of view it's like we want we want this team to be different we i feel like Masai mm-hmm. was all about being a different team a, you know believe in this city believe in this team and in order to do things differently this would be one of those things to do like right like if if we don't remember historically giving out um rings to uh ex players in in the NBA I feel like this would be a good time for us to show like hey even if you aren't on the team anymore it, when you are when you were with us you represented us and we appreciate that so here is a ring here is a reward mm-hmm. for it right so I feel like that's what the pros of us giving the rings to someone like JV and Delon who after a few interviews they're like yeah you know it's cool but we weren't a part of it but it's more of more of like you know what we appreciate your loyalty we appreciate what you gave to this city so that's why we're representing this we're presenting this ring to you that's that's my that's my say what about you Jay I think that um that there's there is a case to be made that that these guys deserved it right um uh, let's get very, very uh, specific on this. Like, let's say, for example, there was a game in November where JV 
scored 20 points, had a double-double. And the reason, because of JV, the Raptors won that one random game in November. If the Raptors don't win that one random game in November, led by Valanciunas, they end up tied with the Warriors and therefore not hosting the NBA Finals. Hmm. So you can do the whole butterfly effect, sliding doors effect thing there and say, okay, because of their contributions in that specific season, then yes, they deserve a ring because without their help, the Raptors wouldn't have been in a favorable position of hosting the NBA Finals, which they ended up winning. The other uh, aspect, which you guys both touched upon, is like, yeah, there, there is that element of, okay, we, we want to show that we have goodwill towards players who have contributed to this organization. So this is where I turn around and say, this is where I think that we don't need to give these guys rings. Uh, because, I mean, blame it on the fact that we are new to being NBA champions, but it, it's more like an etiquette thing. We mm-hmm. teams don't do this. Teams don't give rings to uh, players who are not on the roster as of those finals days. So um, there isn't a precedent for this. Their only precedent is Anderson Verjao, who, by the way, was offered a ring twice. Only on mm-hmm. one occasion did he accept it. He declined it the second time. So uh, you know that's a very rare instance. And to, to your guys' points, I don't know of any other instance where a former player got it um so but yeah, would it I, have been better if we gave them the choice like if jv uh, declined the ring i'd kind of understand it and i would have respected the raptors of doing that instead of bobby going we've done our research and we've asked around and this is not what we do or this is not what you know player uh teams have done when they won a championship so i think that's a that's a fair ask but i think that Bobby Webster and, and the rest of the leadership team are put in a very difficult position of, okay, then where do you draw the line? Because if you're going to offer it to JV and DeLon Wright and TJ Miles, then you probably should also give it to Greg Monroe, who played a couple right. of minutes. Or mm-hmm. then you start looking down to, I don't know, guys who contributed in the preseason? I don't know. Like, where do you draw the line? So I think that what they did was they played it safe. They said, okay, you know, 99% of the time, the team doesn't give to former players, so we'll go that route. Uh, I think where, where this kind of became a thing was uh, part of it, I think, was because Lowry did reach out to JV, so that kind of set some sort of an expectation. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, I, I don't envy the position that, that the leadership team had to make. I mean, if this wasn't an expectation, then this would have just been, okay, everyone got their rings, everyone's happy, and that's it. No one would have even thought about know should a former player have gotten it so uh again uh, i i i'm on the side that they don't deserve it um but yeah I, I, mm-hmm. i'm happy with with how this kind of turned out yeah. well well let us know uh listeners raptors fans i want to hear what do you guys think do you think x players should have gotten how many x players do you think either just jv and nobody else do you think the raptors did it right um it's to I guess you know there's not really a right or wrong answer here. I honestly don't know, um, and it's not too much of a debate that we can linger on anymore because we are champions, uh, and we had the team that was at Oracle Arena, right? So 
and they they were the ones who got the rings and there's there's so many ways that you can you can put it but you know let's let's lay this one to bed i want to go i want to go towards these uh, new city edition jerseys that we've been seeing throughout uh, all over social media all over instagram all over twitter there's some really good ones there's some okay ones and then there's some garbage ones uh can we start with the garbage ones have you guys seen the have you guys seen the Mavs one? I like oh, that one. That's you that do? Bad. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> dude! It's a we okay. Maybe the graffiti kind of look, but like you got like some sort of fresh prints, some sort of I think Jay, you said like YTV kind of font going yeah. on. Like I don't know, man. This it looks kind of weird, bro. Yeah, between the the YTV and the fresh prints, absolutely. This is <laughs> it, 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 this is the funny thing is it's not even the worst one, but it is quite comical and even their their court design took the same effect like the the whole graffiti thing and yeah oh i need to see the court hang on <laughs> yeah it was not Jeez. happy was, i don't it, i don't I, know like mass fans I, I i like i don't don't like add us or at me in particular you can add dre because he likes these i don't like them in particular um, that court's all right i i'm fine <laughs> with it <laughs> Uh, a, a few i think this was actually the first one that got leaked do you uh, i'm sure you've guys seen the boston one too the Boston one. Boston? I need to look Boston's that up. one. It has. It's just. It's just kind of like teal green looking. Ennis, oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Ennis Cantor was the one who, uh, I guess, leaked it and uh, shot a picture of it. But you have like that shamrock looking tea going on, and then it's it's fine. It's fine. But like, it, no, it's not. Stop <laughs> being so nice. It basically. It. You know what? I, I remember think, looking at that and thinking. Well, I made the joke that it's like it's it's straight out of like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but also, yeah, yeah. I think that it's also like for for someone what like Kemba. What the hell is this? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So like, <laughs> think think about who who is your starting point guard? Kemba Walker. You think you're gonna you're gonna give him flashbacks to his teal Charlotte Hornets jersey mm-hmm. and throw that on him? No, no. That's I'm not I'm not feeling that either. Yeah. <laughs> No, right. no disrespect, but this looks like you know, like if you played in like a house league soccer team or something. This looks like one of those. This is terrible. <laughs> oh, so does that font? Speaking of soccer, I think the uh, Detroit Pistons one. Yes, the Motor City uh, with the, the vertical stripe. That one I don't. That looks like I don't a mind. soccer. I don't mind what? that one. I don't mind that one. That one yeah. looks like a soccer jersey. It does look like a soccer jersey, and I feel like that's why I don't mind because I do like soccer jerseys a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but gonna this, look so weird on like is, a basketball it is, team. Because if you watch, if you watch soccer, uh, all the players are really thin and really fast and really small, and mostly the the, the lengthy guys are the goalies. Uh, and then when you have like you know someone like Andre Drummond wearing a soccer jersey, it's gonna be it's gonna look. <laughs> It's gonna look really He's gonna strange. look like a wrestler or like a weightlifter or something. It's gonna be so bizarre. <laughs> oh, I really. It's gonna look like he's playing a soccer team, like on a soccer team, but his jersey shrunk in the wash, and he just said, "I'm screwed. Yeah, my arms yeah, yeah, can't fit. So I'm gonna cut some sleeves uh, off." Like <laughs> it's terrible. Oh man, this is where I wish Bulbon was still on the Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, but if Bobon was on the Pistons, that jersey would look like a barcode. It'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just look like stretch marks the entire way around. <laughs> and then I think the I, I think we both have to, all all of us have to kind of agree the the Milwaukee Bucks one. Maybe not. Co- <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so when we when we tweet, I guess we WhatsApp this all together. Uh, and I don't think it's the the. 
maybe it could be the colors, but just the fact that it's called Cream City, okay? <laughs> Milwaukee, Bucks fans, yo. I don't know what, like, the, the cream, I don't know about that. I, if, if it were me, all right? I, all I know about Milwaukee, and I'm sure it's a wonderful city, I feel like the only thing I know about it is beer. And so why don't you call it Hops City? Wouldn't that make more sense? Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, well, no, there's a lot of Bucks players with hops. It actually would make sense. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Cream City, you, you're not going to get away without any and all sexual innuendos, right? Especially <laughs> especially cuz your your team name is one letter away from being an innuendo itself. <laughs> 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 right there you go and and also like with the with the colors that's just that's that's harsh man you're it's you're asking great. for it it's it's not great it's not. I, I mean i like the color but not for this no. yeah yeah and then you also got some no we won't we won't go too long about this but we got some also no, some other worthy ones like the chicago bulls ones uh that one's interesting you got like that weird frozen blue that is the on. worst one that is an eyesore that is a strange one i'll give you that i um, think the bulls the bulls should have uh, let it go on that one <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like the further you get away from from the logo the worse the actual bull looks because then like the the red outline start to bleed together so you can't even make out its face oh, it's, it's just really ugly to look at i mean yeah like try to take it look at it on your phone pull it away from your face and be like oh this actually looks even worse from further away so on tv it's gonna be like it's gonna be like one of those magic eye tests except instead of actually seeing an image you you'll be blind for the rest of the game like <laughs> it's just terrible yeah and and this might um uh, this might make this an explicit uh, episode, but if you turn the Bucks or the Bulls logo around, it looks like a robot having sex. I'm just saying. It's tried at home. You can't. Once you see it, you cannot. You, you can't unsee it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so I, I would remiss to say the the Toronto ones too. Um, what did you guys think about the Toronto League jerseys, city jerseys? They're okay. They're all right. Uh, the black and gold never fails, but. Uh, the font is nice, but not really on the jersey. That's 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 how I feel. Well, like the on font, the court, sure. The, it's funny when people talk about the font because the font was the original original font set, no, of the Raptors. I think. I'm that's pretty. That's what it looks like. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're just going old school, kind of like Vancouver Grizzlies, right? They're the Memphis are doing the Vancouver Grizzlies uh, and with uh, jerseys. The, with yes. the jagged lines down the side, it's it's uh, and combine that with the font, it's kind of like an homage to the old jerseys, but. You know the black and gold kind of bring it back to the present, so it's a good mix of the two. I'm also mm -hmm. slightly, I like it slightly more than Dre does, um, but that I feel like a lot of that is because so many other teams have horrible looking city jerseys. I think there was an opportunity here to have, like, first of all, I am glad actually that they have the word Toronto there. I remember last year, as much as we liked last year's city jerseys more, it did say North, and I remember one of our complaints was, why doesn't it say Toronto? right mm, so okay. the fact that this even just says toronto is already you know a step in the right direction uh, but what what bugs me about a lot of these jerseys not so much the designs just if these are going to be called city jerseys then show off the damn city mm -hmm. um and right. i think that specifically with toronto you had an opportunity there to show off the cn tower or the skyline or something to that effect uh yeah. and, and that was lost here much but, much know. like the uh the nuggets jersey 
Um, they have like a oh, there's whole, a winner. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at that that city jersey right now. You got the it's pretty the, good. The rainbow stripes around, which is really cool. And then you got like the mountain, the city. That that's nice. It's a nice city jersey. That's probably yeah. the nicest one that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Really? Uh, for me, I've got to go with uh, the Clippers, which we saw a really long time ago. Uh, the San, are, the San Andreas ones. <laughs> the yeah, San those Andreas are badass. Ones. Or are even nice. even the. Uh, well, okay, the Timberwolves are having a better year this year, but last year they weren't doing so hot, but their city jerseys were brilliant, and this year they're actually pretty good too. You what know, is- similar to the Bucks, it's like uh, a, a light sky blue, but it's it's simple. It's it, There's no cream on it either, so, you know, that helps. <laughs> but it, it's simple, and it's elegant, and it looks nice, uh, you know, compared to, like, God, I don't know, scrolling through some of the, like... The Orlando ones aren't that great. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily get what they're supposed to look like. The Philadelphia ones are bland. Uh, yeah, I've got to go th- go with those two. And I can see that I'm like the only person on earth that's fine with the Mavs one because everybody else <laughs> online hates them. <laughs> so well, I can see. <laughs> but yeah. one thing I did notice, I mean, you br- you bring up the Clippers one and. There's two things to note about them. Like one, okay, fine. The the font looks like San Andreas, but if you remember, even when they changed their logo, and the, oh, yeah. the logo they currently have, and the the running joke was that okay, well, you basically just mimicked EA Sports and made it yeah. into LAC instead. So the trend I'm noticing is is, is someone a gamer in in their marketing department? Because <laughs> yeah, Balmer is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Could you so. tell? <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. But I, okay, uh, let's just say uh, I can't wait until Sacktown plays Cream City. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are mature adults. Yes, I swear absolutely. to you, people, yeah. we are mature adults. <laughs> uh, uh, we I have lost zero so comments. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So finally, finally, before we go, um, it's it's fun to talk to you guys, man. Um. There's some, I guess, I don't know. This is a Raptors, this is a Raptors podcast, okay? And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is at first I was going to talk about uh, how the Leafs are still overpowering the Toronto media, uh, Toronto sports media, because I remember this morning it was like, okay, let's talk about the Raptors, but the Leafs are losing so much. Let's talk about that for another three hours. And it like <laughs> irked me. It irked me so much. But then uh, I couldn't mm-hmm. say anything because just this afternoon, uh, the head coach, Mike Babcock, was fired and is going to be um, replaced by, oh, I don't even know his name, Sheldon, Sheldon Keefe. And again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the coaching and the firing and the hiring of, uh, I guess you would see the G League of the NHL uh, for for the Leafs is going to be the not the usurper because they didn't you know take it by force, but they is is going to be replacing Mike Babcock. So it's kind of like the Dwayne Casey, Mike Babcock, and Coach Nurse and Sheldon Keefe. So the, uh, honestly, oh, we, we, can, we can we can like kind of you know make this quick, but I mean. Being a uh, a fan of a sport is much different than pl- working in 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 a sport. I feel like the it's it's a really cold business, right? And by the time like a week from now, just like when uh, Dwayne Casey was was left, we were waiting to see who was next. And when Nick Nurse was 
was next, we kind of forgot about Dwayne Casey, right? And when it, when it, now with Mike Babcock, give it a week, and then Sheldon Keefe is going to be the next person. And um, so so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know of how much of, much of a discussion, but I I want to say like for our because this is the Raptors and we're in Toronto based, and Toronto it's such a big thing that Mike Babcock is fired. So you know, I just want to get your immediate reaction, guys. Yeah, I, I don't. Because I, I connect my Facebook to Twitter, so I don't know how much of this translated over to my Twitter. But earlier this year, uh, I said I want to get a little bit into hockey, a little bit more than I am already. So I said, hey, everybody pitch me a team. I'm going to toss it into a generator, and I'm going to see what team I end up with with whatever gets picked out of my random randomizer generator. So a lot of people were like, dude, why don't you just follow the Leafs? First off, you know, this is a Toronto team. Secondly... Pundits are saying we're like destined for the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup for the first time in over half a century. The Stanley Cup, right? And I didn't end up getting the Leafs. I ended up getting the Canucks. And, you know, I started to see a couple of games that thinking, okay, maybe I was an idiot. The Leafs are doing all right. But now they're like losing, what, their sixth game in a row? And unfortunately... And I've said this on this pod and on other pods, and I'm not going to waver. The Leafs, to me, remind me of the Knicks in the basketball organization, where for so long, the league has gotten away with just a not-so-good team because jerseys sell, tickets sell, they have an image, they have a franchise, they have a legacy, and they have such loyal fans that will never, ever waver as clear by my experiment where like at least like five people were like, why are you, why are you doing this? Why don't you just pick the Leafs? You're a Torontonian act like one. So now we have a pretty decent team, but not much is doing is being done to push this team beyond what they are. I mean, the fact that they're losing as much as they are like six in a row and amongst other games that they've lost, I don't know. Is the coach really the problem? Maybe for now, and with a new coach, that'll be fine. But I think this is just an ongoing problem in the grander scheme of things of a rich organization that has no problem with the tickets it reaps because fans will always come, despite the fact that the team is underperforming and they continue to underperform all the time. I can guarantee if these players were dispersed onto other teams, it would be maybe a different story. I don't know. I'm not a hockey expert, but I think this is a bigger problem. And a lot of the blame is being placed on the coach. Maybe the coach is useless. I don't know. I haven't watched enough games, but I think there's a bigger problem here. Hopefully this fixes it. I'd like to see us take a, take a stab at the Stanley cup because you know what? The Raptors might do it this year. They might not do it this year. Let's have two teams that might do it this year. Why not, right? Yeah, let's see. But let's be I the, think it's a bigger problem. Let's be the Washington. Let's let's be Washington, right? Except for the Wizards. Except for the. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, hey. I, I I think you guys you guys hit him on the head in terms of like, uh, the the, the impact of, of this on on not just the Leafs organization but the rest of the city, right? Uh, it's back to Jason's original point. I mean, it's now going to take over the the. Canadian airwaves for for several days, um, but you make a great point about you know this being kind of mimicking the 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 coaching tree that was the Raptors, right? And you know if if there are any Leafs fans who are listening to this, if I could offer you one more ray of hope uh, on this day, November the twentieth, two thousand eighteen, that was last year, St. Louis Blues 
fired their head coach, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Yo, and brought in Craig Berube. The rest of that season, the Blues played better, and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup a year ago today. So if you're looking for some sort of sign of fate or destiny, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. So good luck, Leafs fans. (laughs) But I'll tell you this right now. Whoever you're getting is not Nick Nurse. We got Dick Nurse. You can't touch him. There you go. There you go. They can only hope that that uh, Keith is is Nurse. All right. So that's a little bit of hockey talk. That might be the most hockey talk we'll ever talk on the That's a Rap <laughs> podcast. But uh, until next time, guys and girls, uh, Dre, where can they find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. Uh, you can also follow my film review and editorial website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. I'm currently just about to hit the 70s in my Best Picture project where I'm looking at every single Best Picture winner ever. I'm at the tail end of the 60s. Stuff is getting really exciting. The films are getting more experimental. No more clean cut. Uh, Gee golly willikers kind of uh, old Hollywood style. Things are going to get edgier. We're going to get The Godfather soon. So, uh, yeah, figure out some, discover some new Hollywood films that uh are part of a big movement and for the reason why all of your films are vulgar today uh jay where can we find you i can find me on twitter at rosalesaurus r-o-s-a-l-e-s-a-u-r-u-s and you can find uh my weekly monday morning weekly article called the wrap-up which uh previews the games of the week and also we can find this podcast uh all on raptors hq uh, Jason, how about you? And uh, let me just say, you guys got to check out Dre's uh, Top 100 of the Decade. It is phenomenal. There's so oh, many thanks. movies that I can't wait to watch. Thank you, Dre, for giving me that. Because I can't. I love I love um, movie season. I love the Oscars because they just tell me what to watch. It's it's so nice. I'd, and now that you gave me that 100, you know, I'm pretty sure I've only watched like five of them out of the list. So I can't wait. Uh, but before I tell you guys where you can find us, you can find... Uh, Jay is going to be featured on Raptors Reddit podcast uh, this week, and I will be featured on Balling in the Six podcast on Saturday. So check us out. Um, we're we're trying our best to kind of spread ourselves out, and there's three of us, so we work we work really hard to to kind of you know interact with you guys on Twitter. And where you can find us is that's a rap pod on Twitter, and you can make sure to find us on Raptors HQ. If you're trying to find this podcast on all your podcatchers, search up Raptors HQ. You'll find us there. All right. Until next time, until we get to watch Vince Carter for one of the last times, that is a wrap. Yeah, and welcome back to uh, Carmelo Anthony, who uh, is now yeah. a Portland Trailblazer, and uh, they still lost. And a net rating of like negative 20? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Poor guy. But nonetheless, welcome back. Uh, I hope things improve for you and your team. Yes, sir. Later.